everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we're recapping the event finals from the 2022 World Championships. It was unpredictable, yet exciting in a lot of ways. So stick around as we discuss. But before we get to that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, DFP, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, Derek H, and Abby M. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. And if you enjoy this podcast and you're interested in supporting us, we have a link to our Patreon in the show notes down below to the perks of each tier level and how you guys can join. We love you all so much and thanks for your support. Before we get into today's episode, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Asher Athletic. With the bar heel pad and gym heel pad by Asher Athletic, gymnasts now have two kinds of footwear to provide protection and security when learning new skills. With special padding for painless impact protection, cool mesh inner soles to help keep feet cool, and a non-slip bottom all made from vegan materials, Asher Athletic heel pads are helping to create a new standard in gymnastics training and protective footwear. Train with confidence and focus on your ability to achieve the best results with Asher Athletic heel pads. Click the link in the show notes down below or visit astroathletic.com to learn more. So the World Championships are officially complete and today we are going to be recapping the event finals starting with day one and the vault final. Man, that was just yesterday, but it feels like it was forever ago. I know. I feel like these world championships have drug on. I'm not sure if it's because me and you've been sick for like a good portion of it. (laughs) Probably a combination of being sick, but then also just working through it all. It made it feel very, very long. And I'm kind of like low-key glad that it's (laughs) over because I feel like we need a break. (laughs) A little nap. But... Before we get to our break, we need to recap the event final. So we'll start with vaults. And I thought it was really cool that this was the same podium that we saw earlier this year at the Paris World Cup. Yeah, so we had Jade Carey in first place. This is her first gold medal on vault. She Which won- is crazy. Yeah. I she- feel like she's won one before. <laughs> she's won silver in 2017 and 2019. So this is her first gold. And redemption after what happened at the Olympics. Absolutely. And that was something that she mentioned after the fact, just being super proud of herself for being able to bounce back, obviously being eighth in Tokyo after a fluke mistake on vault. And now a world champion, which is incredible. So she took the gold. Jordan Childs won silver. She had two beautiful vaults. Great execution. Honestly, to me, I feel like I see some upgrades coming from her. We know she can do an Aminar because she's done it before. Not not too many times. But I think only like once or twice in competition. But Back when she was like a junior. Yeah. Actually, no, it was... We've been over this before, actually. She, yeah. She did do it once as a senior. In 2018. But it just kind of like slips our mind because I feel like back then she wasn't getting as much attention that she deserved to be getting. Yeah. And so a lot of her gymnastics, while amazing, was being overlooked. So... Yes. She is capable of doing that. And I also feel like she's capable of doing a Chong. Yes. Know. As I say, upgrading that Lopez to a Chun, I think, is definitely, hopefully, in the works for Jordan Childs. Because she... I want to say she's definitely capable of doing it because she makes it look so easy. Her execution on that ball is superb she landed straight in the center unless maybe it was the double that was in the center her double to Sinkerchenko one of her vaults she landed like directly in the center she's so good at both of them honestly and the Lopez she had 
really clean form and execution and then stuck the landing, which was obviously nice to see as well. And then with the bronze, we had Colleen Diviard from France. And this was the first time that France has been on the vault medal podium at Worlds since Yana Dufresnay back in 2009. So it's been a very long time since we've seen France on the podium. And, and she was super, super happy with that placement. She acknowledged in the media afterwards that, you know, obviously I think everybody expected Rebecca Andraji to not only be in the final, but to very, very likely take the gold in that final. And once she balked on her vault qualifications and she was not in the final, it really opened up a spot for somebody else to come in and get that bronze medal. At that point, assuming that Jade Carey and Jordan Childs would be going 1-2 in whatever order, depending on how their vaults went. But um, that third spot was really up for grabs. And so I was really happy to see Colleen step up. She's a really powerful vaulter. Her Rudy was great, her first vault. And then her second vault was a double twist in Yurchenko, which is an upgrade for her at these world championships. She landed a little bit short, had her chest down and took a step forward. So I was curious to see if that score was going to be able to hold up, but it did. And I'm fine with that outcome. I also feel like Ellie Black could have snuck on that podium as well. She had two phenomenal vaults, the handspring front roll and then the souk one and a half, um, both with very small hops forward. So really well done. And I also would have been just as happy to see her secure a spot on that podium as well. I'm looking back just for fun. I want to see what my predictions were and how accurate or wrong I was. <laughs> so I had Yo So John from Korea in third, yeah. which I feel like wasn't too crazy of a prediction. She obviously had an unfortunate fall in these finals, which kind of took her out of medal contention. But but she had a really great second fall. She bounced back from the fall really well, but obviously in an event final, you cannot have a mistake I as mean, big as that. We've seen it happen before, but... But not... Unless you have, like, astronomical levels of difficulty, it's usually not gonna happen for you so she pretty much took herself out of medal contention from the start otherwise i would have had her in my podium as well but i really think it came down to ellie black and colleen deviard in the end and it was colleen deviard that actually came away with the medal so really happy with the outcome regardless and i think that that position should give both those athletes confidence moving forward so moving on to the uneven bar final we had defending champ wei xiaoyan defended her title <laughs> And she was the second to last gymnast to go. So she kind of had to wait almost through the whole final to get her shot to compete and really had a, a stunning routine, textbook form and execution. Yeah, capped it off with a stock full twisting double layout, which was really impressive. And I think really earned that gold medal once again. Um, her biggest challengers, I would say, are the obvious ones. Um, Nina Drawal from Belgium, reigning Olympic champion, two-time world champion on that event. But looks like they got her. We And we talked about this yep. <laughs> in our <laughs> recap of qualifications that they have been devaluing her skill, the Dural Fenton, and, you know, not crediting her because she's not doing a half turn in the air. She's catching the bar in mixed grip and then turning. Yeah. And I think that really hurt her chances here. Yeah, so her routine went down to a 6.3D Wei Xiaoyan had a 6.6D, so significantly higher. And the biggest surprise for me was Shailise Jones yeah. coming through with an upgrade in her routine that she had never done in competition before, the pack to Van Luen. We had seen videos of her training that, but never actually put it in a competition routine, and she did it 
beautifully. And that raised her start value by a tenth. So she went up a tenth. Nina Jawal went down a tenth. And I think that kind of explains maybe what we saw in the final results with Shailise coming out in second and Nina taking the bronze. Yes. And I want to say it was so cute at the end of the competition when Wei Xiaoyan went up to Nina Jawal and she was like making a heart with her hands and then she started like motioning to take a picture, which I thought was super, super sweet. And then she actually said after the competition, Nina Drewal is my Annie Van Bar's idol. I'm on all the current gymnasts. I have a lot to learn from her. So this time I treated her as a learning target instead of a competitor. I'm happy to compete against her and finally get a chance to take a photo with her. That is so sweet. <laughs> I and love I love it. that mindset, viewing it as like a learning opportunity instead of like, this is my biggest competitor. And I think clearly that mindset worked for her because it kind of took the pressure off, even though she was coming in as the reigning world champion. You know, she's looking at these other gymnasts in the final and almost viewing them as better than her in some way, even though she's just as amazing on this event as they are. Yeah, so so she's very humble. We love it. (laughs) I just thought that moment was super cute. And there were some falls in this final. Naomi Visser, Rebecca Andrade, and Lou Ray, who I actually had as my gold medalist in my predictions unfortunately came off yeah i had her and looking back now my predictions i had her second with way shy on third so yeah but i remember that you said you thought that nina was gonna come away <laughs> well that blew up in my face didn't it well and i think that a lot of us weren't predicting shaylise coming in with an upgrade we had mentioned that she does have bar upgrades but i was more or less talking about the laid out Stelder Navieva. Stelder Navieva, yeah. yeah. But Shailise did, I would say, one of the best routines that she really could have asked for. The biggest deduction, I would say, was on the dismount, the double front. Mm -hmm. Small hop four, like she typically does. Um, Yeah, but but it really was. I remember watching it thinking that this was one of the best routines that I've seen her do you know, form-wise. Sometimes she has, like, on her pack salto, her legs will come apart a little bit. Um, Didn't really have that problem in the event finals. I really think she saved her best for that moment, which was great to see. And then also adding in that upgrade was huge. Moving on to beam, we saw some redemption for Japan in the beam final after what happened to them in the team final where they came so, so close to getting that bronze medal and then they lost it on the final bar routine of the night for them. But not too surprising, considering that they qualified in first on balance beam. So they were technically the best balance beam team at these world championships. And I also think it's cool that they repeated their results from last year's world championship. So last year they had Ashikawa Urara and Murakami Mai come home with the gold and bronze, respectively. And this year we had Watanabe Hazuki take the gold, Ellie Black got the silver, and Miyata Shoko got the bronze. This was probably the most unpredictable podium Absolutely. out of all of them for me. Um, I had obviously coming in the names like Oyu Shan. I had her winning. Sky Blakely, we knew it could be up there potentially with her difficulty. And then I also personally had Marine Boyer from France on my podium just with her recent success on that event. But yeah. um, this was quite the big shakeup. There was a <laughs> lot of falls. Andrade had a fall on beam. Sky Oyu Blakely Sha- had a fall. Oh, Yushan had a fall. Yeah, so that really kind of opened the door wide for anyone to come and get a beam medal. And and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Watanabe Huzuki, she obviously, this is her first world championships, but she was actually an alternate for this team coming in. Didn't even have her up on beam in the team final. And so, she's a world <laughs> champion. Love that for her. I think 
a lot of people are probably going to be surprised at that result, but she honestly earned it. Like, she had great execution. Sure, she had, you know, a couple bobbles, but most importantly, she stayed on the beam and I think really did have some of the strongest execution in the field. Absolutely. Yeah, she had the highest execution score and qualifications on beam. And I believe she qualified in fifth, so... Not far away from a medal position. And then Ellie Black, this is only her third world championship medal. Obviously, she has silver all around from 2017. Um, And then the bronze medal with the team here at this world championship. So for her to get another individual medal, her first one on beam, it's a silver. Um, I just think that that's so special. She's been around for so long. She's been such a leader for the Canadian team. and Yeah, and a force on the international stage as well. I feel like she's one that... Particularly at these world championships, I personally feel like she's been robbed of some medals. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. (laughs) I think that her vault, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, was very worthy of getting a bronze medal. I think that she also was very much in contention for the bronze medal as an all-arounder. So I was really hoping that she would come away with a balancing medal. And I personally kind of changed my predictions a little bit from what I said on the podcast. And I woke up this morning thinking that... You know, I really want Ellie Black to get a gold medal. Like, I feel like she's been so on at these world championships, so confident. You can see the confidence mm-hmm. oozing out of her, honestly. And what I liked about her beam routine is I felt like she really minimized deductions. Like, she was not perfect. There was wobbles on a lot of the skills in her routine, but I felt like it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, yeah. she kind of just quickly moved into the next skill or yeah. dance element. And it really just was a perfect example of what it looks like to minimize deductions. Yeah, it definitely could have been a much bigger deduction than she made it, but she she's just so aggressive on the beam that I feel like she just has this capability to make it look like such a minor deduction and like you said quickly just move on to the next day and like you you didn't even see that happen (laughs) well and her mount is a perfect example of that yeah she does a switch leap and she was a little bit crooked and she she kind of of covered it up with like an arabesque yeah type thing and it was like okay smart and then she had a couple other wobbles throughout the routine as well but like you said really minimized deductions and i want to point out i loved her dismount two and a half twists she stuck and she did a little college salute so a little college-esque vibe from ellie black in the main final giving us a visual of what could have been if she decided to do college gymnastics <laughs> right what team would you have ellie black on Ooh, good question honestly I want to say UCLA, but I feel like I'm only saying that because UCLA does have like a pipeline for college gymnasts with Peng Peng Lee and Brooklyn Moores and Anna Pettereu. Yeah, you said a uh, pipeline for college gymnasts. You mean like you, you're talking Canadian gymnasts too? Yeah, college. yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, like there's a pipeline between Canada and UCLA. I, I was gonna say I hope uh, UCLA has a pipeline for college gymnasts because isn't well, that the point? Well, if you look at the way recruiting is going, it doesn't really look like they do at the moment. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> Um, I could see her at UCLA, but I think it's mostly because of her floor. Like, she has really good choreography. She really performs it well, and I could see her doing well at UCLA. I love her floor routine. I know we're talking about beam right now, but I also just want to shout out that floor routine. Oh, it's so good. I'm obsessed. And I wish she had made the floor finals, because I really wanted to see it again. Yeah, they showed her on the broadcast for the all-around final, and I was like, yes, here we go. This is why I'm here. <laughs> And she's always been amazing on floor, but for some reason, this routine just hits different for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not even sure what it is. Yeah. I don't know either. We were talking about this. We went back and watched it. And we're like, she always has performed well. She's always had good choreography. But for some reason, this routine really just 
hits different. It sticks different with me. So shout out to Ellie Black. And we're so happy for her to have a beam silver medal. That's not really an event that you would think of her winning a world medal on, but I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> and then of course, Miata Shoko with the bronze, her first world championships as well. Super happy to see her get a medal. And like you mentioned at the top, Brittany, having two Japanese gymnasts on the podium in the same positions that they were last year, just completely different gymnasts. And that's iconic because a lot of people were confused and frustrated that the reigning world champion on beam, Ashikara Urara, was left off the team. But I guess in the end, you could say that it maybe didn't (laughs) matter because they still came away with a world champion and also a bronze medalist as well. I don't know if that was the strategy for them, but Japan probably is low-key like, see everyone, shut up. We know what we're doing. (laughs) Like, let's be real. I don't even think that if you were to talk to the Japanese officials, they probably wouldn't have predicted this for beam either oh i don't think literally anybody like you said nobody predicted but they can play it off now like it was strategic (laughs) unfortunately and it worked (laughs) so i mean it's it's cool i like to see that and honestly the reactions from the japanese gymnast has been one of my favorite parts of the world championships miata shoko is like living her best life she didn't even have the best floor routine in the floor finals which we'll get to that in a second because she was subbed in for Flavia Sariba, she didn't even have her best routine and she was still in tears afterwards just because she's so proud of herself and her performance at these world championships. Obviously getting that bronze medal on beam, but really like day in, day out, she did her job every time that she went out to compete in the all-around final, in the team final, the vault event final, and then of course on beam and floor as well. So she had a lot of opportunities to compete and that's really impressive for somebody who is competing in their first ever world championship. Yeah, and with Murakami Mai obviously retired now, I think the Japanese team is kind of looking for a new leader, and it's exciting to think that, you know, there's so much potential with these new gymnasts, these up-and-coming faces for Japan. I'm just really looking forward to seeing, you know, what they can continue to do in the future, because it's not too often that you have somebody, two people, honestly, come out in their first world championship so inexperienced and come away with a medal. Sometimes it takes gymnasts years to even get to that point. Mm -hmm. So they were both so proud of themselves, as they should be. Should we talk about Sky Blakely on beam? Yes. She had such a good routine going. Honestly, one of her best standing foals, the front handspring, front tuck that she's always a little bit off on. Um, tiny movement of the feet on those, but... Nothing major. Yeah, it was a really good routine going, and she came off on the side aerial, which she normally is very solid on. And I don't know exactly what happened, but... You could see that the ribbon in her hair was dangling in her face, and I don't know if it was a distraction. She didn't, I don't think she talked to the press afterwards. We don't really know for sure, like, how much of a factor that was, but... So I would guess that, I don't think it obstructed her vision, necessarily. I think it more so disaffected her concentration. Yeah. You could see her going into that skill, like, shaking her head, um, like, trying to get it off her face. Like, you Mm -hmm. could see, you know, her focused on that milliseconds before she went into that side aerial. So I think that, if anything, it just distracted her. But I'm down with blaming the ribbon regardless. I think that she was absolutely putting together a team that was gold medal worthy. And if you give her back that point that she lost for the fall, absolutely, she would have been on top. So that's really unfortunate. But she should be really proud. Her first world championship, she's still walking away with the team gold medal. Mm -hmm. And having that experience of competing in a beam final at a world championships 
um, I think will bode well for her future. So even though she didn't get a medal and you could tell she was kind of disappointed with it after the oh fact. God, she was gutted. Like yeah. you could tell that she was, it was like taking every fiber of her being to not cry. Mm-hmm. And then of course the cameras are on her and that probably makes it worse. But I think this is still a good experience for her and hopefully she can use it as motivation going forward. Absolutely. I was just thinking that actually, like she is going to be even better next year. I think there's a level of confidence that comes with even being a team world champion, just being a part of that experience, even for someone like Lexi Zeiss, honestly. I feel like everybody on this team is just going to get even more confident in what they're doing for next season. So I think this is just the beginning for Sky Blakely. So I think it was an invaluable experience nonetheless, and great things are in store. And the floor final. This was going to be, I would say, the most unpredictable final in the sense that so many people could have won. Yeah, definitely the tightest final, in my opinion. Especially looking at the scores coming in. You have, you know, Flavia Sariva, Rebecca Andrade, Jessica Gatarova, Jordan Childs, Jade Carey. All phenomenal floor workers and really, really close to each other score-wise coming into this final. Like, it's a matter of a tenth, you know, is how close it is. And Flavia Sriva qualified in first, but as we mentioned in our last podcast, had an ankle injury in qualification. She pulled out of the all-around final. We weren't sure if we were going to see her in the floor final. Yeah, I think up until the very last minute, that was the plan. Like, she was warming up before the competition, and the plan was for her to go. And they ultimately decided, which I think is smart, not to push it because she is a very important piece of the Brazilian team. And I think they really need her for the future. So as hard as it is to be, you know, in contention for a gold medal and coming into a final knowing that you're first and that you could win a medal here, um, to think about the long term, the big picture and, you know, what she can bring to the team and how they need her to be healthy um, and that's what they ultimately ended up going with, which I think is the right decision. But of course, still, still sad to see her not be able to compete in the final. Because I so badly wanted her to get a medal. Whether it was with the team, on beam, on floor, just give that girl a medal because she deserves it. <laughs> but we have to wait another year. It's coming. It's, it'll come. Don't worry. <laughs> and then we also had Martina Maggio sub in for Alicia D'Amato, which that I don't believe had anything to do with an injury. I think the Italian Federation made that switch. From what I'm gathering, it sounds like they made that switch because they believed that Martina Maggio had a better chance of getting a medal. And she had went out of bounds in qualifications, and if she hadn't have done that, she would have been in the final. So I think that was what they were probably hoping for going into qualifications. And because it didn't happen, they decided to do a little switcheroo, which not really sure how I feel about that. I feel like if an athlete earns the right to compete, they earned it fair and square. Yeah, I would honestly hope that she had a say in the matter. And, I, and they didn't just pull her. Don't think that she did. Based off of what people in the arena were saying, she was spotted in the arena, like in the stands, like in tears on the phone with somebody. Like she seemed very visibly upset. Mm. Um, and so I think if it was something that was injury related, I think that would have been revealed to the press and also on the broadcast. And I think if it was a choice that was made for another reason that she was a part of, I don't think that she would visibly be as upset as she was mm-hmm. apparently and I obviously am not there so I don't see these things I'm basing this off of what other people were saying who were in the arena but it didn't certainly didn't seem like a reaction of somebody who was okay with the outcome it seemed like something that maybe perhaps was pulled out from underneath her mm-hmm. so a mm-hmm. little bit of fishiness fishy even a business word, yeah. going on there but as far as the actual competition it was a great competition 
super close all the way to the end, which is exactly what we expected. We had Jessica Gadarova turn into a world champion. Obviously, we know that she's a European champion coming into this. Two-time European champion. Yeah. And what a moment for the home crowd to see her win a gold medal. The second gold medal for the British gymnast here because they had a gold medalist on floor on the men's side. So double gold medals on floor for Great Britain. And it was their most successful world champion chips as a whole between Mm -hmm. the men and the women they have won many many medals and Jessica had a really really large role in that so coming in she had the highest difficulty with a 6-9 and then she also was awarded the highest a six nine. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said, whoa, she she hell upgraded a six zero, and then she also had the highest execution with an eight two, which I think in the end is definitely what made the difference because Jordan Childs was second. And really had a great routine, great tumbling. Didn't stick any landings like she normally does. Mm-hmm. Um, but good tumbling. Um, not quite as much difficulty. She has a 5-8 start value as opposed to Jessica's 6-0. 6-9-0. <laughs> but I don't know. This is the interesting thing. This is the debate that's happening right now is... You know, artistry deductions and what those artistry deductions even are, to be honest with you. Like, I wish that they were being more transparent about what deductions they're taking so we could just, as fans, see. And for the athletes as well, which I'm sure the athletes get some sort of feedback on that. But as a fan, I definitely want to know what they're taking. Well, because Jordan... I would personally classify as, you know, her teen, I would say, is artistic. It's different than Jessica's. Jessica's is a little bit more classical. Well, um, I would say, yeah, traditional in some sense. But I think that Jordan has good musicality. She performs it well. But, and we had said this previously on the podcast... I feel like Jordan's routine was better when she was doing it in college. It was more uh-huh. high energy, which is, it's a high energy routine now. More but complex it was, moves. It was, yes, it was even better when she was doing it in college. I think they watered down a lot of the choreography even, so that way she could have the energy to do more difficult tumbling and also to squeeze in things like her wolf turn on floor. So there was definitely some adjustments made to the choreography that I think while not horrible necessarily, I do think is incurring some sort of deduction that somebody like Jessica Gadarova is not. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I forget what episode it was. Maybe it was after US Championships, but um, Jordan's routine has a lot of like arm flailing, and there's some parts that I definitely think are really, really good, but also some spots that are kind of weak, and that's mm-hmm. something that you can't say about Jessica Gadarova. I mean, I, from start to finish, her routine is just great in terms of the artistry, presentation, um, the types of movements that she's doing. Yeah, and that's one thing that there was a presentation that was released on the artistry deductions and what those deductions could look like. And one of those deductions was insufficient movement of the body. So like you said, Jordan does a lot of upper body movements, a lot of moving the arms, flailing the arms, a lot of movement that looks similar to that. There's not a lot of lower body movement 
um, or even like on the ground choreography. Like you see someone like Jessica Gadarova, she is, when she's done doing a tumbling pass or a leap or whatever, she's like down on the ground and then she's on her head and then she's rolling around and it's, it's, it's a whole body, a whole body experience. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that as a fan, it is a whole body experience, but for her, like, I hate you. choreography wise she's involving every part of her body i think is what i'm trying to say and hopefully i'm making that clear (laughs) hopefully i'm making sense (laughs) i think we should do a video podcast and you should show the people what you're talking about i honestly i have a hard time explaining things i am a lot better with showing people things or attempting to show people things i don't know how else to explain it other than that like jordan is standing a lot she's moving her arms a lot she's moving her upper body a lot there's not parts where she's on the ground or she's, you know, Jessica has her headstand and then she rolls around and then she's back up. And, and it's sharp and dynamic. and Yeah, so it is different. I also will say this, though. I think that Jessica's e-score, with having superior leaps and artistry, was still too high. Mm-hmm. The margin should have been smaller. Yes, yeah, so she topped Jordan Childs by nearly four tenths and two tenths of that came from difficulty the other two tenths is going to be coming from execution artistry all of that I think that Jordan's routine was better executed and I'm talking like landings on her tumbling passes Mm -hmm. she had really aside from that last tumbling pass where she had a pretty significant hop backwards probably at least a three-tenth hop they were pretty minimal, um, and I feel like Jessica had more significant landing deductions, but probably scored higher in the artistry category. And again, it's hard to say because we aren't seeing the judges' score sheet, so we don't know exactly what they're taking. This is just my yeah thoughts. Well, judges have that checkbox for artistry that they're supposed to be looking at, filling out. It'd be really nice to see one of those. It'd be cool to see one of those. Yeah. To see what exactly they're taking for each of these routines, and I think that would help us going forward to gauge, you know, how a gymnast is going to be deducted for something like this. Because right now we're kind of just guessing or assuming. Yeah. And a lot of artistry is subjective. So it's your opinion. It's my opinion. It's the judge's opinion. I mean, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. I'm definitely reading a lot of what's being said online. And it seems like there's a general consensus that Jessica had the better routine overall. She just shouldn't have won by that large of a margin. And I think I can agree with that. Like I said, I think I feel like Jordan had better tumbling. Jessica had better leaps and artistry. And in the end, I think that was enough. Mixed with her difficulty as well. I I obviously should be mentioning the difficulty as well because I did factor in. Was enough to give her the gold medal in this case. And then for bronze, we had a tie with Rebecca Andrade and Olympic champ Jade Carey. And this was interesting because initially Jade and Jordan had tied. And then when they break the tie, they look at the e-score and that determines who is second and who's third. So Jade dropped to third. Jordan was in second because of that e-score. Well, at the time, technically it was first because Jessica Gatorova hadn't gone. But true. in yeah. the end, it worked yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah. to where J- Jordan was second. No, you're right. You're you right. Jade and Jordan. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I really have to think. Like the two J names. It's it like, throws you off. And then we also have Jessica in there too. So it's like <laughs> too many J's. Yeah. Um, I know. I could like hear in my voice. I'm like struggling to say 
<laughs> you're like thinking really hard. <laughs> um. Okay. So, anyways, yes. Yeah, so they were technically Jordan was first, Jade was second, Rebecca Andrade was third, and then with Jessica going, obviously it knocked everybody down. But Jade inquired about her score. Yeah. She got a lower D than she was getting the rest of the competition. And she said after the competition, it was a decision that her and her dad made because they felt like her team was basically the same as it had been the whole world championships. So they were wondering why the different D score. So they put an inquiry in and then <laughs> and it backfired. They basically, well, it didn't backfire. She got Kara Akerd. <laughs> it, it didn't backfire in the sense that Jade still got the medal that she was going to get regardless. Like she was going to be getting the bronze medal. All it did really in the end was give Rebecca a share of the bronze. So they basically paid like $300 for Rebecca Andrade to get a medal is basically what happened. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, I was saying it backfired just because it reminded me of Kara Aker at Worlds in 2019 and where they put an inquiry and lowered her D score, but for her, it actually kicked her out of the final. Right. Where <laughs> Jade in the end still got the same outcome that she was going to get. She was just like, I just want my friend Rebecca Andrade up here as well. So thanks, Jade and Brian. Love you. <laughs> but it really was an iconic podium, just looking at the picture afterwards, just to have Jessica, Rebecca, Jay, Jordan, all up on the podium together. That really is the, the top group right there. I'm so. happy with that. I can't complain. Like, those are the four people, when Flavia went out, those were the four people that I wanted somehow to see on the podium. Like, I wanted a medal for all of them. And then we got that. So I feel like, you know... It all worked out in the end. Ties are a good thing. We love ties in this house. But going back to Jade real quick, I think that this World Championships, first of all, was just amazing for her. She is technically the most decorated female athlete at the Games because she has two gold medals and a bronze. But I also could see on her face just a little bit that she was disappointed with this result on floor. Being the Olympic champion, you know, coming in, she probably was hoping for a gold medal for herself on that event as well. So I hope that this will serve as some much needed motivation to continue to work on her artistry, which I know that she's come a long way on, but I still think that she has a ways to go to really be able to improve that portion off her score and then also getting some of that difficulty back on floor as well because she hasn't been doing her full difficulty that she's capable of doing so I think that this results will hopefully be some motivation for her to continue to work on getting that back in and then also continuing just to improve the artistry because I think that's where we're seeing her take the biggest hit and then for Andrade we probably should just touch briefly on what her routine looked like because I think a lot of people probably also would have expected her to be contending for the gold medal. She fell out of her memo term, which I think that she needs to take out of her routine ASAP because she's been doing that this entire world championships and she's incurring the biggest deduction on that. So really hope next year she can work a different turn into that That routine. or get more consistent with it. One of the two. Yeah. And then also landings, not bad actually, pretty on par with what she's been doing at these world championships. I think the final pass was probably the biggest deduction if I'm remembering yeah, like took two steps back, kind of stumbled out of it. Yeah, but I think really the turn is what hurt her the most. So hopefully you guys can't hear that person walking above us. <laughs> Apartment problems. But then I also want to give a shout out to Brody Malone, who was the sole medalist for the U.S. men. Obviously winning gold. Kind of reminds me of Steven Nadarasik last year. Although Brody won bronze on high bar and Steven the gold. 
Um, but to have Brody come away now with the gold medal on high bar is a really big deal because he beat out Hashimoto Daiki, who of course is the reigning Olympic all-around and high bar champion. He won high bar, I believe, at Worlds last year, 2021. So um, to have him come away with a gold medal and beat him is amazing. And it was the first medal for the U.S. since like the 70s. Yeah, since Kurt Thomas in Well, hold on. I should say the first medal for on high bar. I said the first medal for the men. Well, gold. It was the first gold medal on high bar yes. for the men. But I don't think I specified high bar, and therefore my statement would have been false because oh, I was I Stephen Adarasa. <laughs> no, I know. I would have uh, corrected you anyways. <laughs> but yeah, the first gold medalist on high bar since Kurt Thomas in 1979. So... Very big deal, and um, love to see it. Happy to see the U.S. men coming home with at least one medal. Overall, though, I like these world championships. I feel like a lot of my favorites, with the exception of Flavia, came away with medals, and really happy with the outcome overall. I think the best part about the world championships, from a fan perspective, was all the amazing routines that we were able to see from countries that we normally wouldn't get to see particularly in the all-around final the broadcast showed so much variety we saw athletes from australia spain yeah so many countries that i think otherwise would have been ignored yeah so i think finland yeah i think that's an improvement from years past so i don't know i think that was my favorite part of the world championships on top of all of my favorites coming away with medals and also getting some new favorites. Yeah. Such as Miata Shoko. I feel like she gained a lot of new fans at these world championships. And I just, these world championships remind me why I love gymnastics. Yeah. And it makes me excited for, you know, what's ahead. We're at the halfway point to Paris. So super excited for what's to come. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week, we are very excited to be bringing you an interview that we actually did a few weeks ago. We put it on hold because of the World Championships, but it is with senior on the Yale gymnastics team, Riley Meeks. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Riley has a really interesting perspective on what it's like to be a collegiate gymnast at an Ivy League school and talks about the recruiting process for that and kind of what went into her decision when deciding to go to Yale. So we think you guys are going to enjoy that interview. It's been a while since we've done an interview (laughs) because of Worlds, but we can't wait for you guys to hear it. In the meantime, we hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.